Good morning, dear listeners. How are you? We're in a radio show of Javarez and Olad with me, Abraham Barzilag. And this is a live radio show. Today is Wednesday, June 10. And Bezrat Hashem, we start. As you remember, the radio show of Harayat and Olad, Get Caught. And uh, from now on, we have only one hour show. So hurry up with your questions. Um, first of all, you know, this radio show destined for you, the listeners, parents, teachers, educators. Uh, if you have some dilemmas or if you have some questions or some stories that you want to share with us uh, to enrich us with your knowledge also, so you can text us from right now, uh, phone number for text, 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. This number for text. And you can also call in, a phone number for call in, 718-683. 5858, 718-683, You can also use our email box all over the week. You can send us questions. Um, the email address is abrahameducation at gmail.com, abrahameducation at gmail.com. Well, the listeners, um, today... Um, I would like to share a story with you, and I hope that from this story we can learn something about our Chinuch Yeladim, to our life, and if we take the lesson from this story, I hope um, we can improve our home atmosphere, our relationship with our kids, and Bezat Hashem, to make our life better. Um, once I had a phone call from a mother, and she told me a really sad story about her son. Her son is 10 years old, and he is not living at home because he is in a hospital. And not just a regular hospital. He is in hospital for psychologist um, issues. He got depressed and he cannot function. And he has some anxieties and his life just broken. And I asked her, he's only 10 years old. Could you tell me how it happened to him? So she said, look, this is a long story. But if I want to blame someone, I can blame his teacher. I ask, what do you mean? The teacher was always full with criticism. And her son actually was suffered from uh, some disorders that he couldn't copy the letters, the words from the blackboard to his notes, to his notebook. And why? Because he felt that when he looked and he tried to focus on the words on the blackboard, 
it looks like that the ladder is getting danced. It's confusing. So he confused the order of the words. And when he came to his teacher to show him how he copied the questions or the lesson from the blackboard, his teacher getting angry and he said, Are you kidding me? Do you think that I'm your friend? Don't you have a shame? You switch the order of the words, you make Leitanut. You're kidding? From my words, I put in a lot of effort to make this lesson be great. And I try to pick up the correct words, each question that I writing on, a war, uh, on the board. And that's what you do? You're making Leitanus? And my son, she said, was in shock. He didn't really understand what the rabbi, what the, what the teacher wants from him. And then he stayed like, no motion. And then the teacher says, you have a so great chutzpah. You're staring at me. You don't even shy. And you throw him out of the class. This ritual happened from time to time, and the parents didn't know even about it. A few years after that, it was in, in the third grade, and he was in fifth grade. He fell to depression, deep depression, and nobody can take him out of it. And we ask, why? Why, ten and a half years old, has to be in a mental hospital, in a special hospital for mental issues? Why? He just, in the first stage of his life, I think that we don't really notice what words can really make. There is an intense theory in Israel where people say words can heal. That's right. Words can heal much better than a knife or a gun. Words can heal. But during the day, because we're so busy, we're not really noticed about it. We're not really aware of it. But our words can kill. For example, if any bad word that I tell to my son would make him bleeding, I was in shock. I was very, very careful with him, right? But this is the truth. Bad words can bleed in your son, but the blood is invisible. Nobody can look it. Nobody can see it. But it doesn't say it's not exist. It exists. We have to know nobody can make any step forward just because of criticism. 
Nobody can make any movement forward just because bad words or sharp rebuke or something like that. The maximum bad words can make, maybe it can make you in shock to make you be afraid to reverse, to go back, to go down, but to push you up, to improve your behavior, bad words cannot capable to do that. Sometimes we have an illusion. We have an illusion that we can control our child's life. If I stay away from such kind of friends, bad friends, and if I keep him away from unhealthy food, and if I force him to make his homework every day, and if I force him to go with me to the shul or singing in the Shulchan Shabbat or everything else, then I make him to getting used to those habits, and that's it. So I force him. I criticize him. I'm actually using every action that I can do just to make the things happen. I want him to make a beracha of every food that he eats. So I stop him, and I tell him, I want to hear your beracha. I want to hear your blessing. If you're not going to bless, I'm not going to feed you. I'm not going to give you anything. And it's sin. And I want to emphasize the word sin, that my child getting used to great habits. But this is a whole big lie. It's not truth. Every one of us manages his life in a duplicate in a duplicate way. Double ways. We have our external behavior, each one of us, and we have our internal behavior, each one of us. I mean, the way I'm talking in a radio show that's not the way I'm talking in my house. It's very naturally. And the way I'm talking in my house, not the way I'm talking with my friends. And the way I'm talking with my friends, not the way I'm talking with my students, right? It's normal. It's okay. We exchange our external behavior from time to time. Depends in some circumstances, right? That's right. Each one of us really understand that. But our inner behavior, my internal behavior, not getting changed. And if it's changed, not from time to time, it's a progress. It's a process. It takes time. We're not, can, we cannot just switch it every minute. This is a process, right? So if I see my child, that he say beracha for everything he eats, because I force him to do that, or maybe I keep the snacks away from him until he get a beracha, or when he gets something from grandmother, 
So I stop him and I say, say thank you. I want to hang thank you. If you wouldn't say thank you, I'm going to take this lollipop from you. And he say, thank you, grandmommy. Do you really think he's getting used to be, to be polite? No, not at all. Because we have to make the distinction between external behavior to inner behavior. The value your child internalized is that if I want to achieve more, I have to be more polite. I have to use the respected words like, please, can I, such nice words. But this is just a tool to get more, to gain more materialistic things. Look the absurd here. I want to educate my child to be polite, and he used those words to get more oilam hazard, to get more materialism. If I want my child to getting used to be polite, I have to put a focus on his inner behavior, to put a focus on his inner life, inner thought. But how can I do that? This is the key question. We all manage double life. We have double identification, external and internal. And if we really be honest with ourselves, we can see that 90% of our orders, our education, is just an external order. External orders, I want you to do so, I, don't, I want you to not do so. If you do so, I will get so. Everything is just dealing with with the external behavior, but nobody can stop and say, wait a minute, what about my internal world? What about the inner world of my child? What about it? What's going on inside his heart? Is he feel connected to the values I'm trying to inherit into him? Does he feel good with a positive behavior? Or maybe he just feels that they're forcing me. I hate them. I just wish to the day I will release myself from my parents' control. But the real problem is when he's getting to teenage. When he becomes a teenager, then throw away all our values, and then we're standing in shock and we say, uh-oh, something's wrong here. What happened to him? He was so perfect till 10 years old, through 12 years old, and that's it. Now he threw, all, he threw it away, all the values I so tried to inherit into him. And the sad answer is yes. Not despite your efforts, just because of that.
Because as much as you're pushing him today, you're just gathering powers to the break day. We call it the boom effect. The bomb effect means suddenly, out of the blue, he threw the Yarmulke, he threw all the values, and he doesn't want even to look at his parents, because now I am the hero. I want to control my life. I don't want you to be involved. And it's very sad, but sometimes it's too late. Today I would like to learn how we can avoid it, how we can prevent this situation, how we can stop this tendency before it's getting braced. How we do that. Not before we remind you, our phone number for text messages, 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. If you want to call in, our phone number is 718-683-5858. Now, how we can prevent the bomb effect that we just spoke about it? I'm always emphasis in my lectures. I know only one way to influence the other's mind. I call it stimulation. Stimulation means if I feel that something makes me pleasure, something pleasant me, I feel a desire to walk after that, to be hooked to that. Just for example, my famous example, an example about the famous mechanic, the famous educator that succeeded to influence 90% of the population of the world. You know, he's a great educator. I think that we all have to learn from him. His height is like 10 inches. His width is like 5 inches. And people used to call him iPhone. Did you hear about the educator iPhone? Look how many teenagers, adults, kids. He succeeded to take with him to influence their mind. Look all over the way. Look around you right now. If you are going down the street and you look around, 90% of the people going with their head down. 90% of the population become so humble. The head is down, staring in the iPhone. Nobody can talk to his friends already. A whole family sitting together in the living room, and each one of them, each one of them with his iPhone. If you want to get some of him, you have to text him if you want his attention. Despite the fact that you are sitting on the same bench. That's the world. This, this is the 
face of the world. How the iPhone succeeded so total successful. 90% of the world. You know what is the, what is the iPhone secret? He's not talking. He's not trying to, in, to influence our minds. He just stimulates our boys. He stimulates our kids. And, unfortunately, he's stimulating us, us the adults also. He's just expressing feelings of, if you hold me, you are a very important person. If you hold me, you are connected to the society, you're connected to the world, you, you're open mind. You belong to the high society. What are you talking about? Hold me. Hold me. Please hold me. This is the message. He doesn't try to force any one of us, right? He just laid in the stores. So shining, so clean, and so brand new. And he like, like he says, please take me. Take me and you see how much pleasure I'm going to grant you. This is the secret. I think this is the reason why Hashem left the people to develop the iPhone. Because he wants us to take the lesson. Especially in this generation. Do you want to influence your child's mind? Be his iPhone. You want to impact his life? Be his iPhone. Don't be his rabbi. Don't be his father. Don't be his teacher. Just be his iPhone. Show him. How much pleasure exists in Kiyum Torah Mitzvot? How much fun it is to pray, to daven, to make Avodat Hashem. First of all, work on yourself. If you take your child to the shul and you sit together, and instead of look at him, if he holds the right page in the Siddur, or if he doesn't miss any words of the Tefillah, instead of that, stay focused in your Tefillah. Stay focused in your Siddur. And try to pray from the bottom of your heart. Try to pray with all your soul. Your son is not stupid. He absorbs the atmosphere of you. If you enjoy your tefillah, your son will also enjoy his tefillah. And even if you not see results right now, he is now in the stage of absorbing. He absorbed, absorbed, absorbed. And one day, he's going to do it just like you. The Torah says, 
אשר אנוכי מצווך היום על לבביך. השם says I want the words, the orders, the commandments that I granted to you today, I want them to be on your heart. And the Mepharshim, our sages, ask, why Hashem said, Al Levavecha, on your heart? He had to say, Betoch Levavecha, inside your heart. I want my commandments, my mitzvot, to be inside your heart. Why Hashem said, on your heart? With, me, with meaning of, It's external, right? It's just on my heart. It's not in my heart. But Hazal says, our sages say, you know what is the secret? The secret is that even if you try to impact someone, even if you try to influence your students, your child, no matter who, Don't looking for results right here and right now. Just put the things on his heart. But when the day will come that his heart will open, then all the content that you put on his heart will get insight right away. Because it's always instead by on his heart. When the day will come that he's open his heart, then you will find out that that all your lessons, all your personal model that you actually showed him how you enjoy your tefillah, how you enjoy when you build the sukkah, when you have to purchase food for Shabbat, Remember the golden rule in raising children. No one, no kid growing up with the knowledge. Kids growing up with experiences, with the atmosphere. If you keep the atmosphere in your home positive and nice, And calm, a pleasure atmosphere, you actually build a nice and calm personality. And if your home is always tense, always nervous, you are raising a nervous personality. Now, Which way we try to pick up? Which way you choose? This is our choice. Hashem gave us the power of the Bechira. And the key is in our hands, even if we try to deny it. The phone number for your text message is 347-927-927. Eight three nine eight. If you want to call in, our phone number seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. Now we're going to a small musical break.
and we'll be right back on air. Stay with us.
I will call you back privately. Uh, nobody uh, has to be exposed. Uh, you can text right now, only during this radio show. Um, 347-927-8398. I know there are some families, they don't want to expose uh, and they don't want to inquire, to send an inquiry through the radio, so you can call me private. Uh, my personal phone number for this need is 917-8094-944. That's 917-8094-944. We have a few limited spots. Uh, right now, uh, we have a, an open spot, so hurry up to call or send us a text, and by Hashem, you will be part of my uh, project, which called Private Home Visit. Well, dear listeners, to your questions. Uh, first question, Shalom Rabbi. Thank you for your show. Thank you, too. You have helped me tremendously. Thank you. My question is, how do we teach teenagers to balance how much time they spend on their technological devices, such as iPads and cell phones? There are filtered devices. However, they are using them for many hours straight. I want to teach them to use it in a healthy way but not to abuse it. Well, very common question. Very, very common question. I just want us to make the distinction between using, no matter what happened, just using the devices, between something else that I think that um, in, in most of cases, this is the issue. Most of the children feel that they, their day full with commitments, full with obligations, obligations to parents, obligations to uh, school system, to society, to everything. Because they are all over the day, they are surrounded by educators right now, right? Now, they want a break. They want to feel a free time. The modern free time today is those devices. That's why they're so hooked for hours straight, just because they want to escape from obligations. They desired for distraction. And you know why they desiring, they so wish for this distraction, distractions from obligations, distractions from schedule, day schedule. You know why? Because they feel sad. They feel that the demands of the parents, of teachers, of the adults at all, they so hate it. 
They're just looking for a chance to escape. So in most of cases, they're so hooked to these devices, not because it's so fun, and the evidence is very simple, because many, many times you can see that your child actually looking in the old pictures, just play with his iPhone. He's not really interesting in, in, in what uh, appeared on, a, on the screen. Just play with it. Just looking for distraction. So we have to be smart. To feel there's time with the pleasure to teach them there are more fields that you can enjoy, like books, like family games. I know it sounds very uh, pastoralic and it's, 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 it's like, from, like a story from legends, but believe me, with the right guidance, you can do it in a quick time. You can do it in a quick time, and it's going to work, this edition. Now, I cannot give you full guidance right now, but little tip. And the tip says, if you want someone to, to go with something to develop himself, you have to make him feel enjoy. You know how? The secret is called encouragement. Encouragement means when I see even a microscope, a little thing, a positive thing in my child's behavior, I have to emphasize it. I have to mention it. Let's say that your child has anything good, okay? But when he's getting dressed, he's very clear, he looks nice. One moment before he leaves the house, pat him on his shoulder and look at him and tell him, you're so organized, you know, it's making me feel so good that my son is looking good. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid that he's going to develop his outside looking. No. Your child start to feel good with his personality. Not with his properties. Not with his assets. Oh, you bought a new belt. It's so cool. Wow. This is not encourage, encouragement. If you want to encourage your child, you have to mention things that actually depend on his personality. If he speaks nice, if he eats in a polite way, tell him that. I so enjoyed to see how you use your fork and knife. It's so polite, it's so respected. Believe me, I appreciate that. I'm talking about so simple, small things. But this is the way you start spread all over the atmosphere of the house that your personality is looking good. I appreciate you, but I deeply 
I deeply appreciate you. But you have to be honest. You have to close your eyes, to close your eyes and think for a couple of minutes about your child. I have a child that's eating with a fork and a knife. It's not a simple thing. No, not everybody has the merit to raising such kind of polite boy. My son is very organized. He his shirt always clean. I just got in here. I just got used to that. Not got used to that. Think about it. Think about the smallest things the positive things that he has, and tell him that. And it has to be honest. It has to be truth when you say that. And on the other hand, try with all your powers to ignore his negative behavior. Try to not realize, to not notice do not be aware to his bad behavior. Believe me. It sounds scary. What do you want? Do you want me to ignore the negative behavior of my child? Are you crazy? I have to educate him. I have to fix his behavior. Stop with this illusion. Nobody has the control on his child's life. Just choose the iPhone way to stimulate him when he feels pleasure, when he feels good, when he feels good with himself. He has the hashtag. He starts to develop a desire to make one more step and one more step, and suddenly you see a perfect personality. Believe me, this is the only way to raise a healthy children. Well, now one more question. Can a narcissist parent ever learn love? Well, the answer is definitely yes. And I'm going to give you a short lesson, the first lesson, how to implement it. If you are a cold type, you're not a type of hugs and kisses, and you're just not a type. But in the other hand, because of your question, I really understand that you're really aware about the necessary needs of your child, that you have to feel his needs to feel beloved, how you can do that. when your child already falls asleep. And now the home is quiet, finally. Instead of laying exhausted on your bed, dedicate a few minutes to sit nearby your child and pat his head and whisper in his ear, my lovely son, I really love you. I really appreciate you. I really know what you're going through. And I know it's not so easy to grow up in a cold 
type mother. But believe me, I didn't choose that. I don't want it to be so like that. I really love you. It seems that he is not listening to you. But we all know, and many, many research, researchers already improved it, that the messages you tell him, you whisper into his ears, he starts to absorb them during the night, and it's getting through to his subconscious. And it's really, really help. Well, it cannot make a real solution, but it might minimize the damage. Well, the listeners, before we end in this radio show, I would like to remember you. Berlin Eder next week, I'm going to be in New York. If you want to join to our project, Private Home Visit, when I take some families and give them a special service, of an of, of appointments, and I'm preparing to them a family program, and then when I come back to Israel, they have a follow-up service of two months to make sure that what we agreed in the appointments actually implemented, and uh, teacher and parents know how to to practice that way. Bezat Hashem, you can call me. My phone number is 917-8094-944. That's 917-8094-944. Or you can send me an email directly to my email box, abrahameducation at gmail.com. I want to thank Iran Jacob. I want to thank Mr. Mazari. I want to thank you, the listeners. Be well. Bezat Hashem will be next week, same hour, same day, with Harayat Anulad. I was with you, Avraham Barzivai. Keep listening to J-Rich Radio. Bye-bye.